The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get a mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And in honor of the Masters, we are giving away a tailor-made driver. Just go to sg.pn masters or click the contest link in the SGPN app. Yes, sir. We are back. Another episode on the Thursday edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. You are hearing my voice, so you know I'm in the driver's seat. It's your boy, Billy Rail, really real Terrell from Junior, sitting here. Got my man, Scott, in passenger. And guess what? The Knicks are so... Like, I came on here with the intention of not doing this because I know this is what you want. Like, I know this is what people are looking forward to. And I'm not even trying to do this for clickbait. I'm not trying to do this to get people to come listen to the podcast, but it is out of honest and true frustration. I never thought, I never thought that I would be so upset at a Knicks loss when they're already eliminated from the playoffs when they've had a bad season thus going far. They should be losing to try to get a better draft position, but I never thought that a loss would hit me so hard. So freaking hard. Like that loss last night. At this point, they have no pride. They have no pride of being the mecca of basketball. They have no pride. No pride of playing in Madison Square Garden. It's not even the next state. You might as well call it the next state, the next arena, because they fucking own them. They haven't beaten this team in seven tries. Seven tries at it is ridiculous. Is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that you blew another lead, another lead to the Nets, who don't even look good. The Nets don't even look good. If they were a first round out in the playoffs, I would not be surprised. They're running off the back of two players, and you let them come back from a double-digit lead again, again. It is ridiculous. There's no reason that this loss should have hit me like it did, but it's really, really bad. And I think it's only bad because, as you know, if you listened to the show yesterday, I made the Knicks my dog. So maybe that's why it's hitting me more because I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to cash the Knicks as a dog. Like, that's about to be, you know, that's wins time too. Damn. That, and you didn't even get the cover. 
You lost so bad. It was like 38 to 16 in the fourth quarter. It's absolutely ridiculous, man. It is absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I'm just ready for this season to be over. It, this is why you don't watch bad basketball. Stop to everybody whose team sucks, especially if you're the Kings. If you're a Kings fan, then you should absolutely not be supporting bad basketball at all. But for everybody whose team sucks, like mine, stop supporting bad basketball. Don't watch them on TV. Don't watch them on League Pass. Don't buy apparel. Don't support the team. Don't give them. No, nothing. Stop supporting bad basketball until a change. We demand a change. We demand a change. All right. How long was that? Maybe um, seven minutes or so until Scott talked. Maybe less. No, it, it wasn't it was that about long. the same amount of time it took the Knicks to blow a 21-point lead last night. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, man. It's just fucking See, ridiculous. the one thing you confused me about, though, during that rant was that you were talking about bad basketball. I witnessed great basketball last night, so I don't know what you're talking about. No, because why are you down 21 to the Knicks? Because we can. Because we can get <laughs> yeah, away apparently you can. Because we apparently can get away you can. With it. It doesn't you know the that. secret to beating the Knicks is going down madness, 20. That's really the secret to beating the Knicks, and I believe that's the fourth time They've blown a 20-point lead this season. Two of them. Oh, just the second the- half of the season. I'm pretty sure they dropped one in the beginning half of the season, too. Yeah, I think it's just the second half as well. But that's the second time this season as well. They blew a 20-plus 20 uh, plus point lead to the Nets. First time. Second time worse. this season. Yeah. Second time that they've blown a 20-plus lead to the Nets at home. Yeah. And the first one, of course, was 28 against a team with no Kyrie and no Durant. And that's potentially the worst choke job of the season. Clippers yesterday for the cover is an all-timer. We can talk about that in a little bit because that's insane. I'm not sure which beat is worse, the Clippers minus 6.5 or the Suns team total under 108.5, but we can have a discussion about that in a second. I don't really know how to describe what I witnessed just as a Nets fan watching that game because we know that the Knicks blow a bunch of leads, and I'm sure a lot of fans around – the world who follow basketball have heard about the Knicks choke jobs, but they don't actually get to see it, even though it's been on national TV on a couple of occasions. They've worn nothing the entire season. I think that's my main takeaway from this from this team with the Knicks. It's one thing to miss a bunch of free throws because they do all the time, and that's kind of one of the underlying themes to their choke jobs is they brick so many free points at the line. I don't know how you can blow that many leads – in the span of about two, three months, and not at least try to shake things up. It's the same formula in every choke job, and they've worn nothing. You agree with that point? Yeah. They're all identical. They miss a bunch of free throws. They go very, very stagnant offensively, mostly because they try to slow into the half court, and this team's atrocious in the half court. And defensively, they are... I mean, not very good. It wasn't fully their fault last night because Robinson's a good rim protector. He wasn't in the lineup. They had Sims instead. But it mostly just comes down to offensive execution in the second half and how they do extremely well when they push the pace. And yet in the fourth quarter, they try to slow it down to a crawl and they get torched. At least that's my takeaway. (sighs) Okay. 
I just in other news. These... Did you, by the way? Do you know the <laughs> last time Durant has lost to the Knicks? Mm, no. 2013. Damn, really? Yeah, it's been about nine years. Shit. Well, I mean, these guys, I mean, Knicks have been bad for way more than nine years, but damn, shit. Even if the nine years lose to bad team, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Not gonna lie. All right. Uh, recapping picks. I hit my lock, of course. And matter of fact, no, let's talk about that last. Let's go to Moonoff. Moonoff uh, had a rough day. Missed his lock of the over in the Wizards and Hawks game, and missed his dog of the Bulls, who just again, it's no getting cute with the Bulls. It's literally you cannot get cute with the Bulls. I, Man, self, I came I to the decision. Self, I Celtics on YouTube. I mean, I, I didn't know. Yeah, it. it's a back to back. Yeah, it was. That's good. I mean, yeah, it was. It it, it, it shouldn't have been. Too I much think yeah, Munaf was banking but, on some of the injuries with Jalen Brown and Tatum to potentially result in the Celtics being a bit shorthanded. I didn't really buy it. I saw the line no. kept moving up the entire afternoon, so I just thought they were going to play, and they smacked the crap out of them because the Bulls are. I thought they honest. had some type of pride. I, I thought say, they had some type of they're, pride. They're, they're they suck. I, I mean, yeah, they're you suck. can't be and, two and twenty-one against elite competition expecting to take you seriously. And so. I mean, it's pretty simple. Whether they play the Bucks or whether they play Boston, or even if it turns out to be Philly, we're just going to bet the Bulls to lose the series in four to five games. Truth is, even it. against a non-elite competition, so assuming the Bulls are – what are they now? They're the five or the six? The, they're the six. They're going to stay six. It's not going to move off six. Oh, they're not moving? So they're, okay, yeah, so they're probably yeah, going to end move. up getting Boston or – they're not going to get Miami. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not. Yeah, great. it's not going to be Miami, but yeah. So for just as soon as the line comes out in the season, Bo, uh, not Boston, but Bulls to lose in four, Bulls to lose in five. Pretty much. That's yeah. about it. I can't see them getting more than one win against any combination of Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly. I Milwaukee can't would sweep them in about one. three minutes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's just, oh, my gosh. All right. Really bad. So, there's that. Like I said, I lost my dog in the Knicks and the cover there as well. My lock, however, cash because I got it before the line movement, which was Clippers minus two and a half. And this game that probably had two of the worst bad beats ever. Scott, please take it over. So... This is going to be a deep dive because we got to talk about the reason for the line move, which was pretty obvious just based on the actual, uh, I'd say, situation Phoenix was in. Mm -hmm. They set the all-time record for franchise wins in a single season. Uh, they played the night before against the Lakers, so obviously they weren't going to play anybody. I'm assuming 90% of the team was hung over. Shout out to Mikel Bridges for playing for some reason. I'm not really sure why. But either way, uh, Phoenix had nobody playing and the Clippers' line flew. They were up 39 in the early part of the third quarter, I believe. And then you had the fourth quarter. And this is where things take a really, really drastic turn. And for the actual breakdown here, I'll start off with the Suns team total. So they scored nine points in the second quarter. 
They had 31 <laughs> points at the half. And their team total was 108 and a half. That's where it roughly closed, maybe 107 and a half, but either way. So you needed to avoid about 77 points in the second half, 78 points, give or take, with four starters not playing for the Suns. They scored 30 in the third quarter, which, you know, is one point less mm-hmm. than the entire first half, but that's still pretty decent mm-hmm. for your team total under. Mm-hmm. You need less than 48 points in the fourth quarter. They scored 48 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they had 10 points in the final 55 seconds. <laughs> and the Suns finished with 109. Now the Clippers closed at six and a half. Once again, they're up 39. You're up by 26 going into the fourth quarter. Once again, against the likes of Wainwright, uh, Lundberg, Torrey Craig, Bismack Biombo. Yeah, you know, the classic, you know, future All-Stars, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the Clippers get outscored 48-26. to 26. So, you blew a 39-point lead. Mm-hmm. And the Suns G League squad... Scored 78 points in the second half, 48 points in the fourth quarter. I think the team total's worse. That team total is a historically insane bad beat. First ballot Hall of Famer. The box score should be hung down from the rafters because that's just an all-timer right there. 48 points with four G League players on the on the court? That's impossible. <laughs> I can only imagine having that as the last leg of a parlay living on the East Coast and going to bed at halftime to wake up and it lost. <laughs> that is all time, all time bad. Like that is horrible. 78 points in the second half. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. I could. If, if you want to know something even funnier about the 48 in the fourth quarter, that was the franchise record for points in a quarter <laughs> for the Suns. That they got from bitch players. The franchise record. They have the most wins in franchise history in a season 63, and at no point did this insane one-seed squad ever drop 48 points in a quarter. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoo, we, hey, that is terrible. That is absolutely terrible. I, I'm lost for words because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom what was going on. I didn't know about it. <laughs> I knew they were getting killed. And then I was looking through, I forgot what I was trying to watch. I was watching the end of the Nets game, of course. And then I think I took a shower. And I got out, and I'm going through the games because I got to prepare a Google Doc for the YouTube show I do every day. So we go through some bad beats. We go through some easy wins, you know, the basic recap stuff for the day prior. And I see the Suns are still playing. And they're down four with 20 seconds left. And I look over, like, wait, what the hell just happened? And I just turn the game on. It's like, yeah, if you missed it, the Suns have, like, 45 points in the fourth quarter. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? And the Suns ended up covering there. So... If you had the Suns and you covered, 
Oh man! Can you give? Them, oh, it's an act of God. Give the money to charity. I'm just saying, give the money. Yo, away. just do something. Oh, imagine, and that's the thing that we always talk about these bad beats is you, you you on the everybody remembers when you're on the negative side. Yeah, but somebody when you're on the plus side. Yeah, night. you're on the plus side. You're like, oh man, like earlier in the season, it was the Hornets and aha, uh-huh, who was it? It was somebody where they had the under. And Terry Rozier took a wild three at the end of the game, like from it wasn't necessarily half court, but he took a wild three at the end of the game and cashed, and that sent the game over. And I was sitting there, and everybody was talking about that bad beat, and it was on Action Network, it was on all these other sites. Everybody was talking about the bad beat, and I'm just sitting there quietly, just looking at it like, "Hey, I was on the over." <laughs> So yeah, somebody went off of that, and they are literally having the time of their life. I'm just saying uh, that's blood money. Just just give it to charity. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Whoo man! Oh, it's got to be some type of some type of insurance for bad beats. Like you can get some type of insurance. Some some books give you voice. refunds just for yeah. PR if it's that bad. This should be one of them. Truth is, the yeah, Suns should. team total under they should just give you a free thousand dollars. You can bet one dollar <laughs> on that game. Just a thousand for pain and suffering. And you know where else you can get insurance from WinBet because they have a major golf insurance where all users can bet fifty dollars on the Masters winner and get their money back up to twenty five dollars if they finish in the top three of the tournament. WinBet also has a special golf contest. For this weekend, bet $100 on golf from Thursday through Sunday, and you'll be entered to win a golf experience to the only golf course on the Las Vegas Strip, Win Golf Club. Multiple entries are allowed. If a patron wagers $1,000 on the major golf championship Thursday through Sunday, then they are eligible for 10 entries into the draw. So make sure you head over, get down to WinBet where you can bet $10 to win $200 promotion where a $10 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, in honor of the Masters, we're giving away a TaylorMade driver. Just go to sg.pn slash masters or click the contest in the SGPN app. It's for the Golf Gambling Podcast. Go over there, give the Golf Gambling Podcast a follow, and you'll be able to find out how you can win that TaylorMade driver. So, you know what's crazy? And I'm so hyped that we're promoting this because I have a great story for Coors Light. So little do you know, Coors Light was my, oh, if my dad actually listens to this podcast, he's going to whoop my ass. But Coors Light was actually my first taste of alcohol ever in life, ever. Never tasted alcohol before. It was Coors Light. And it was because my dad drinks Coors Light all the time. It's his beer of choice. Whenever we go home, we both have beers. But when I was younger... And he wasn't looking. I I was curious. I was curious. I was like, I was young. I was like seven. I was like seven, maybe six. The bottle was young. Super young. Yeah. And so, you know, the can was there. Nobody was looking. I just sipped it. And as soon as I did, I immediately spit it out because 
man, that was disgusting. At six, seven years old, it was absolutely trash. I wanted some juice. I didn't want that. But it was still my first sip of alcohol. And so here we are promoting the, the rocky, cold mountains of Coors Light. Uh, look, there's only one beer that's out there that's literally made to chill, and it's Coors Light. Like you said, the mountains on a bottle turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's the best time to chill. When you need to hit a reset, just open up Coors Light for a mountain cool refreshment. Uh, Coors Light is cold, lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged, literally made to chill crisp as the Colorado Rockies. I, I I don't know what else to tell you guys, man. I'm 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 emotionally here, emotionally here because I am drawn to this company. So get it delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com/sgp. That's CoorsLight.com/sgp. And remember to always celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You you have to you you have to make sure that the Rockies are cold. Make sure that the mountains are cold because who one who wants a warm beer? That's weird. But it just goes into the aesthetic. It goes into the aesthetic. And matter of fact, as soon as we finish this, I'm about to go get one. I'm about to go get one. And I'm gonna post it. Because it oh, I'm getting all the nostalgic feels. So get it delivered straight to your door, coolerslight.com slash SGP. All right, Scott, let's get into the slate finally. We're going to start with the Orlando Magic traveling to the Queen City to play the Charlotte Hornets. The line just ticked up to minus 14 for the Charlotte Hornets. 230 and a half on the total. Looking at an injury report here for the Hornets. I see Gordon Hayward is doubtful for this game. That's progress. Yeah. No, but he's been playing. That's what I'm saying, though. You know, yeah. he's he's been around. He's not yeah, automatically he's out anymore. That's a step yeah. in the right direction. And then for the Orlando Magic, we have Gary Harris, who is questionable with personal reasons, aka probably tank reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Admiral Schofield, who is questionable with a knee injury. Franz Wagner has been ruled out of this game. Wendell Carter, as we know, won't be playing in this game. Cole Anthony is not playing as well. It's a tank job. Yeah, very much sounds like a tank job. So, with that, I mean, it sounds like your mind possibly is made up. It's Where not. Are you going? It's not made up because I'm looking at the meetings this season. I know that Orlando's benching a lot of guys, so I got to factor that in. The three meetings have been close. They've all been decided within uh, 10 points, so – Orlando has kind of hung around a little bit. But I know Charlotte's had a tough schedule recently playing Philly and Miami back-to-back. You can't give up 144 in back-to-back games. That just can't happen. So do I want to lay 13 with a team that can potentially give up 120 to me and you? No. I don't exactly (laughs) want to do that. I like the over. Because I, Orla- I know Orlando can't guard anybody, especially with Wendell Carter Jr. being out because he's a rim protector. Bamba had that random three-point performance in the first half or first quarter against Cleveland the last game. 
But he also had like three, four blocks, so he was actually pretty good protecting the rim. But I'm going to go with the over because I find it fascinating that Orlando is now missing about three guys who have value on this team offensively. And yet the actual money up to this point has really not been that hard on the under. In fact, the line has gone up from 227 to 230. So my favorite play is actually on the over because I do think it's pretty telling with all the people being out for Orlando, there's still been over money. So I'm going to take the over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like over as well. I... They got Nick's legend Prozdakis in the starting lineup. Come on, man. I am torn because Charlotte has been very, very bad, but the Magic already have been anemic into scoring the basketball, to say the least. If there's anybody that can that cannot score on the Hornets, I think it might be the Magic tonight. Honestly, if I were to play to make a play on this game, I probably would just rather just split up my unit on taking random players on the Magic to make 20-plus points because I'm pretty sure that it's going to happen. I would rather do that than to bet on this game. But I will – I just see – I see 97% of the money on Orlando, and I just can't – I can't route that. I was fully prepared to just go Orlando. I had just make, a whole bunch just make of some jokes. Take take Bomba four yeah. plus threes and just have a fun time. Yeah, I had. I actually have this written down. Actually, because you said that, I'm just going to skip everything else. I had this written down. Actually, Mo Bamba versus the Hornets this season is 18 and 12, 14 and 10. He's got four threes and one and two threes and other. So that was that was in the that was in the Mo Bamba handicap that hey, I just might take his threes. There might be something there. However, I'm I'm just not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. I don't trust it at all. So just give me the Hornets minus fourteen. I changed my mind. I, I was gonna I was gonna play Orlando, but I can't do it. So I'm just gonna take the Hornets minus fourteen, and hopefully they just do you, you like know, the team total with tanking that? tanks. You think Charlotte just goes for one twenty five? Actually. I would think so, but I don't know. I'm, uh, team totals are on a bad taste in my mouth after last night. I'm just asking I'm really, because – Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to go back to the team. We know Charlotte maybe. doesn't guard anybody. You said Orlando might struggle. So there is a chance because, of course, they're not using any of their usual guys. But Charlotte defensively is in a mess lately. If they're going to cover, they're probably going to score 125. And my only thing about that is that Magic have been been solid. Not good, not bad defensively. And so if it just turns out to be one of those kind of nights, then yeah. cool. I probably would I probably would do a live bet mm-hmm. and maybe live bet them Charlotte team total in the second half. That sounds like a, a better deal for me because if Orlando is even competitive in the first half, I'm almost positive that it goes full tank job in the second half. It should. And that's where we're fighting for this. That's where we're fighting for this cover. So all right. That's enough on that. This should be fun because I think that I'm going to shock a lot of people here. We have the Boston Celtics traveling to play the Milwaukee Bucks where the Milwaukee Bucks are laying six and a half, 227 and a half on the total. 
For the Milwaukee Bucks, Grayson Allen is doubtful for this game. Giannis is probable for this game. And for the Boston Celtics, they're coming off a of back-to-back, so the injury report is a little off. However, I think we can expect a role player or two not to be playing in this game. Al Horford, I think, is one of the names that is thrown out there that might not be playing in this game. I think Marcus Smart would be an honorable mention. Yes, Marcus Smart is also. So if Marcus Smart is not playing, then everything that I'm about to say goes out the window, just so everybody knows that. If that comes to fruition, and he, his name is out there, that he might not play as well. If Marcus Smart does not play everything, I'm about to say goes out the window. I think I'm recommending to people to play the Celtics tonight. I Scott just looked up. He was looking down and he looked up when I said it because he was like, wait, what? I don't know if you made a full <laughs> heel turn or not. I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking with anymore. That's the problem. <laughs> so there's so many red flags in this game to me that it doesn't make sense. You mean for Milwaukee? Yes, for Milwaukee. And it's so many that it makes me sit here and I I honestly do not think that in a single podcast for this entire season that I recommended somebody play the Celtics. I either said it's the other team or a no bet. But Milwaukee getting six and a half here. Meanwhile. What? Like what? I don't get it either. I don't get it at all. I don't understand it at all. This Oh man, what? First of all, Milwaukee is terrible covering as a favorite at home. Absolutely terrible. Second of all, and I want everybody to open up their app of choice to find Milwaukee's schedule or website, open up whatever. I'll give you a few seconds. Okay, so I just want you to go to Milwaukee's schedule and tell me when the fuck is the last time that Milwaukee beat a good team by over six points? When? Are we talking, because I can't. Are we tossing Chicago out? Yes. No, Chicago does not count. Uh, they beat Phoenix with no Chris Paul on March. And no Devin Booker. Yeah, and no Booker. And it was a miracle cover in the first place. Yes. So, outside of that, I'm, I mean, I was just looking. And I'm just looking, and I'm just three, two, four, one. Loss, 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 loss. They haven't done it. They have not. They have not done it. And so, in a game where I believe that Boston can actually get going from behind the three-point line because, as I've said this over the past few weeks, Milwaukee is literally anemic into guarding the three-point line. And just assuming Giannis goes off as he always does, I'm pretty sure this Boston defense is good enough to hold everyone else, especially if Marcus Smart plays. I think that Drew Holiday is going to have a tough night trying to get going. And Drew Holiday's production is direct correlation to how well Milwaukee does or does not do. 
adding that Grayson Allen probably isn't playing in this game. So you're already taking a thin bench that probably only goes eight deep on their best night shorter. I mean, I don't, I don't see it for, I don't see it for Milwaukee at all. The X's and L's don't add up. The spot doesn't add up because Boston is only a half a game up for the division. Milwaukee has the division clinched. And I don't think either one of these teams really care too, too much about the preference of being two or three. It's either one or nothing for everybody. Now, I fully expect Milwaukee to give their hardest in this game because we have literally never seen Giannis not give 110%. I have multiple all-star games of tape to show you that Giannis will go 110% no matter what style of basketball game he's playing. And so... Even at 110%, they still can't cover this number against good teams, and Boston's been playing good. My only fear, and my only fear, is that yet again, every single thing points towards Boston. And when that happens, they fold. However, the only thing that is making me tell you that betting Boston is not a bad bet tonight is because they're catching points and not laying it. So, pretty sure for the first time this season, I'm telling you, Boston plus six and a half. Scott, anything to add to that? I turned on Boston a couple weeks ago where I was originally very anti, and then I kept looking at the actual schedule and the box scores and kept seeing they kept crushing everybody. So, I pivoted, and it's paid off because they've continued to kill people. So, the Celtics have actually made me a decent amount of money over the last couple of weeks. The only concern I have is potential rest, but truth is I don't really care. I like Boston. The only thing I could think of for the actual line is the fact that without Robert Williams, they expect Giannis to go for 40. That's really the only thing I could think of because I think Boston should keep everybody else in check. Mm-hmm. I like Boston money line. I think Boston's yeah. a better team. And I know that Milwaukee, when the big three for them are healthy – They've been really, really good. But you addressed it. They don't really look impressive against good teams. And you look at the last couple of weeks, they've beaten up on some pretty awful teams. But against the top-tier competition, they've looked okay. I think that's how I would describe it. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Celtics because even though they're on a back-to-back, they did destroy Chicago yesterday. So they kind of got to mm-hmm. take the fourth quarter off because they were up by that much, which helps. But I'm going Boston because I think that they're the better team. Yeah. I mean, this wow. can't believe I did that. And because I did that, <laughs> Milwaukee minus six and a half might be free money tonight. I was going to say, because you said that, Tatum and Brown are not going to play. Yeah, it might be free money. Like, oh, man. That literally – and it, again, I don't hate Boston. So for people that kind of tap into the show every now and then, and they've heard me talk about Boston Rants, and I haven't said this since, I do not hate Boston. I really don't. It's just been so many times in embedding where Boston has been a quote-unquote sure bet to get this done, and they have literally folded. And so that is why I don't bet Boston basketball because I can't trust them when everything points towards them to get it done 
they'll just fold. I, I, I can't do it. On principle, I can't. I cannot lay six and a half against probably the hottest team in basketball. I can't do it. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next one, we have the Philadelphia 76ers playing the Toronto Raptors. Key note, this is in Toronto. We'll get to that in a second. Philly is laying two on the road, 220 on the total. For the injury report for the Toronto Raptors, uh, OG Anobi is questionable for this game with a thigh injury. And for the 76ers, this is something to note. Matisse Thibault is listed as ineligible for this game because he is unvaccinated and unvaccinated players cannot play in Toronto and Canada. So that changes things a little bit. Depending on who you are, it either changes for the better or for worse, but it does change things because while Matisse Thibault is their best defender on the entire team. He is also a liability on the offensive end of basketball. So there may be a little bit more of a free flowing offense with him off the court. However, you're definitely going to miss his presence defensively. And thing to note, if the playoffs were to start today, the 76ers would be playing the Raptors. So who would you pick in that series? I would. Mm, I think it's going seven. I don't. Yeah, it's definitely. I think. I honestly I think, think Toronto's very wise seven. to win that series. I think. Yeah. No. No. They do. I think Toronto is probably going seven with anybody they play. I. 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 I, I think I want to just go ahead and pencil Toronto for a seven game series against anybody they play, whether it's Boston, whether it's. Philly or whether it's Milwaukee, I think that they'll take any one of them to seven, to be honest. I think Boston would beat them in six. Milwaukee, I think, would also beat them in six, just because they don't really have a center. They use Siaka most of the time, so I think that he would get kind of exposed, which I know is going to segue into a difficult situation because I'm about to mention why they might beat Philly, even though Mm -hmm. Philly has a top-two center in the league. Mm -hmm. I just don't trust Harden. So I think that Toronto, we've seen Nurse match up against Embiid before with his schemes – I do think he would double-team Embiid on pretty much every touch and just dare Harden to actually make some good playoff performances. And I'm not sure he would. I think Toronto would give Philly a bunch of problems, especially with no tieable for road games. That would definitely hurt them defensively. But I think Toronto might beat Philly in a series. We'll see what happens there. I also just don't think Philly's that good, but there's a separate story. As for this game, you kind of mentioned the main situation going on, which is the fact that Tybal can't play. However, the favorite has flipped in this game. Toronto was minus one and a half. Now they're plus one and a half. I like the over. And there has been over money. It's gone from around 215.5 to about 220. But you mentioned how Tybal being out helps the offense in two separate ways for Philly or for both teams because defensively he won't be there and offensively he's useless. So I like the over. I think both teams get to 110. I'll go with the over. Mm-hmm. I'm on the over as well. <laughs> I <sighs> So I'm not really afraid of the Joel B thing because over the course of the season, we've just seen that the Raptors 
and I'm just going to give it up for Nick Nurse, that whenever there's an edge between a big man and a Raptors, they still find ways to, you know, take that person out of the game or slow that person down from regular production. Sometimes they may let them get off and kill everybody else, but they found ways to supplement that. That hasn't been a killer for them for the most part of the season. And so I think that a full strength Raptor squad is scary. And I, with points in abundance, that I'm expecting and maybe, you know, them going from from the three point line with Van Fleet and with Gary Trent. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the Raptors here. I think the Raptors can get this done. I will go against the line movement. I think money is coming in on Philly because it is Philly and Philly is deemed to be in the public's eyes a NBA championship contender. And while I have similar but not that much expectations for Philly, I think Toronto is still a really good team, and I think Toronto is a dark horse to get to the to the Eastern Conference Finals. And so I'm going to keep going with Toronto here. Probably means a little bit more for Philly than Toronto in this game. Toronto is basically locked into their spot. But um, I think that – I think that this is a, a nice matchup for Toronto defensively in the second half. I think that points are going to be in abundance and for the most part in this game, but I think the defense in the second half is going to stick up. I think that they're going to go into that playoff mode, and we've seen this do this over the past couple of weeks where they are letting teams do basically whatever in the first half, and then they're just mounting comebacks in the second half because they're stepping up defensively after they get out the tunnel. So I like Toronto here. I think Toronto gets it done. Anything prop-wise, it, it just feels like it might be a Gary Trent type of day. I was actually thinking the exact same thing. I, I, I It just feels like it's going to be a Gary Trent. I was feeling like five threes for Gary Trent or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And it's, it's really not because of Tybal being out because he's not even his primary defender, to be honest. He would be on Van Vliet if I had to guess. Yeah, if anything. But it just feels like it just feels like Gary Trent is just due to go off. And so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a feeling. I really, it's just a feeling. So I thought about Siakam, but I'm really not sure what he's supposed to potentially do besides pick and rolls, but Embiid does drop coverage. So I'm not sure if Siakam will have any success in the paint or not, but Embiid against opposing centers defensively has been kind of awful. He just doesn't give the effort. He doesn't give the effort anymore. That's the point. So automatically, when you think Toronto's going to hang close in a high-scoring game, you automatically move to Siakam because he's been the main offensive piece for the last month or so. His prop is around 23-and-a-half. I think if Toronto's going to win, I think he might need 30, which -hmm. is about plus 300 if you shop around. He can get there. I mean, he can get there. I don't mind it. If if this was the first half of the season, Siakam would be an all-star. Yeah. If he like if he was doing this the first half and he was injured first half of the season. If he was doing this first half of the season, he would be an all-star. Asiakam right now on the based on the last month is probably the most underrated player in the league. He's been that yeah, good. Absolutely. Nobody's talking about him. I don't at least I'm I don't think anybody's really So talking about if you him. like Toronto, I don't mind maybe looking into Siakam having a good game because he kinda needs to. Maybe thirty and ten, something like that. That's kind of par for the course, but 
you're going to give me plus 300 for Toronto's best offensive player to score 30 in a game that should be high score in a game that they should be competitive in. That seems like a decent amount of value, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. All right, moving on. We have the Portland Trailblazers going to the big easy to play New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans laying 17 and a half, 224 on the total for the New Orleans Pelicans. Jonas Valanciunas is questionable for this game. Zion. So his, his grandfather is coming out of the woodworks, man. Huh? His grandfather saying he's coming back. No, it was his stepfather. I'm oh, sorry, stepfather thought it was grandfather. Sorry. No, it was a stepfather. Oh, my bad. But yeah, that's but that's what I was mentioning. Zion might be coming back. I don't. I, I don't trust family giving out reports on because I know how my family is, and I know how a lot of families are. I'm trying to say this in the right way, but I know that if I was playing on that level and I hadn't played in a while, and my dad saw me work out or anything. I just know he wouldn't be able to keep his mouth closed. He wouldn't. He would not. He would not be able to keep his mouth closed, and he literally would go tell anybody that'll listen. Whether it was true or not, he, he would see one workout and be like, oh, my son look great. Oh, yeah, he, he hey, look, in my eyes, he can come back right now and give you 30 straight up. Like, this is exactly how he would have been. So I, ultimately, I feel like that's what this is, and he really might not be there. But it's just the parent, the parental heightenedness of his stepfather is like, hey, I've seen him work out. He good. Like, he good. You better hope he don't come back. You better hope they don't let him come back because he ready to go out there and get 30 right now. I so, think that part of that's right. I do think that there's kind of two ways to look at it, or there's two reasons why you could make a quote like that. First is the reason that you just said. He can't really contain his emotions because he sees that Zion – is looking pretty good in practice. The other takeaway for me is that it could be a smart move because people called Zion a crappy teammate about a month ago. And if there are rumors (laughs) that he might come back for a playoff run, then suddenly all of that crappy teammate talk goes right out the window. So I do think some of it could be a PR move. The other part I understand was that dunk that was posted a couple of weeks ago. Zion's been out the whole year. They keep talking about how he might come back, he might come back, it doesn't seem like it. And then he goes off the glass between the legs for a self-alley-oop dunk contest quality dunk. And I don't know what that was about. Because if he can do that, but he can't actually play in games, then what's the problem? So I actually think Zion might be healthy, or healthy-ish, but I'm sure you saw the dunk. It was disgusting. It all yeah, back towards but- self-pass between the legs, and I get that there are more aspects of being healthy than just doing a random dunk. But the concerns about Zion were the injuries and him being out of shape. And from what I've seen on video, I'm not sure either of those looks true anymore. So I'm not really sure what's going on. So as for the dunk, I know that it was on, you know, one of those training practice courts where they, the court is padded essentially. So if you look at the video and you watch his feet, they kind of sink into the floor. That kind of shows you that it's one of those padded courts that players typically practice on when they're coming Mm -hmm. off of an injury just to be able to get some reps, but not, you know, stress 
stress that on a hardwood court anymore, stress out whatever they, they're working on. So I think that it it shows that he's further along than people think and probably more than my shit talking has given them credit for. But I do think that he probably still has a ways to go because, again, he's still practicing on that court. I don't think he's playing this year, but I just feel like the fact that he can still throw it down means that the athleticism and the actual burst from his injured foot seems to be back, mm-hmm. even if it's a padded court. Is that a fair statement? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, I think that he's – I think that what that tells – what it the only thing that I can – probably interpret from that video when it came out is that when he comes back I don't think that'll be a drop in production whatever that looks like for Zion Wilson but it doesn't tell me that he's ready to come back I guess that's what I'm saying okay but I I do feel like it is a way of kind of saying from the stepfather's perspective that he's not back yet kind of like your point he could walk in and give you 30 but mm-hmm. I do think some of it is a PR move because people yeah, call no, Zion a absolutely. teammate. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And people have conversations with that. Like their team talks to the family and everything. So absolutely. Going back over to the injury report for the Portland Trailblazers, Brandon Williams has that quadricep injury and he's questionable. Truth is you can kind of just skip it. They, they don't have anybody you've ever heard of. So I said this yesterday. I, I can say it again real quick. That the, the Trailblazers have – well, it was, it's not even just the Trailblazers. I said it for the Thunder, but it applies to the Trailblazers as well. How do you lose that They have that different game? levels. They have different – oh, wait, I'm going to get to that. They have different levels of injuries. They have their season-ending injuries. They have their good players that are injured and probably just not coming back. And then they got their good players that are only good because they're playing right now that are injured. Like, you know, uh, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow. Mm-hmm. And then you got people like Brandon Williams who are just nagging injuries. And so he could be out, could not. But I actually don't – I have a poor taste in my mouth, a terrible taste in my mouth with Portland after losing that game, after being up 90 to 74. And not only losing, but but and they got me covered. They only got me covered by half point. But there's no reason I should have lost that game to the Thunder. They didn't and, um, cover on I, the I final just, spread. I don't. Oh, what was the final spread? Final spread was three and a half. Oh shit! Wow, I got it at four and a half. Um, I locked it up at four and a half too. Uh, I I I just wow wow. The line just dropped to sixteen. By the way, so we'll pick it at sixteen. I watched it drop to sixteen. So, 16 for New Orleans Pelicans, 222 and a half on the total. I mean, how – New Orleans just beats up on terrible teams. I told you this last week, and I reemphasized it with Moonoff, that I truly think that New Orleans is probably one of the more overrated teams right now because they just can't beat the good teams. I mean, I they didn't like the, the trade when they made the trade for McCollum, so – they're the exact team I thought they were going to be. Yeah. They just they, – they beat up on the bad teams. They can't beat the good teams. And the wins that they have against the Lakers just are amplified because they're the Lakers, but we know the Lakers are a bad team, so it's not really anything. I'm just going to take New Orleans in 16. I mean, I'm just going to take it because obviously 
I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just shitting on Portland right now. I'm really pissed at Portland. Well, New Orleans they're, is also they're really fucking bad. They are. They are. But 16 is so many points. 16 is so many points. It's a lot, but Portland, I know, hung around the last time they played. I think just Portland got hot from three, which is the concern mm-hmm. there because if Portland gets hot from three again, then New Orleans will definitely not be covering the 17. But uh, that Portland team is so bad. They might be this active roster – a bottom five team in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City's active roster is definitely bottom three. And yet Portland somehow lost that game. It was even a worse beat because uh, that officially cashed the season-long win total over for the Thunder coming back in that game that they were trying to punt. So if you had the Thunder season-long win total under, that's kind of rough. But either way, I'm going to go New Orleans. Uh, they're still competing with San Antonio for the rights to a home game in the 9-10 matchup. San Antonio does own the tiebreaker, so New Orleans has to stay ahead. I think they bury this team. Oh, man. All right. I'm done with this game. Let's move on. We have... The San Antonio Spurs traveling to Minnesota to play Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves are laying 8, 240 on the total. I think it's the biggest head-scratching line on the entire card. The, the, the Bucks one is also head-scratching. I know this line was around 8.5 or 9 on the overnight, so money has come mm-hmm. in on San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Why the hell is Minnesota laying about 9 here? 8.5? I don't get it. Real quick for the injury report, Jaden McDaniels is questionable. Malik Beasley is probable. Patrick Beverly is questionable. And for the San Antonio Spurs, Jock Lendo is out. That means anything to anybody. Devin Russell is probable. Lonnie Walker, questionable. Romeo Langford, expected to play. DeJounte Murray is out with that illness. And Doug McDermott, ankle sprain, still out. And probably going to be out for the rest of the time this year. I just have to assume that the Spurs want to go out here and get a win. And I have no idea why Minnesota's laying this many points. They've been awful. I think it's because they're talented, and they have the they absolutely have the ability to blow the Spurs out the water here. Let's go ahead. They, absolutely they have the talent have for that. Yeah, San Antonio has been good somehow. I'm not really sure how without Dejounte Murray, but they've won three in a row. Two were against Portland. I'll acknowledge that. But I mean, Minnesota beat Denver on the road. They beat Houston. The Denver one's impressive. Same thing with San Antonio. They beat them by 19 last game. They lost by 18 to the Wizards last game at home. Really? Mm-hmm. I can't lay eight and a half. I got to go with the Spurs. Now, the last time they played, Towns at 60. So, you're hoping San Antonio can at least try to guard him this time around. I'm not sure they can, but San Antonio still scored 139 in that meeting. Yep. So, yep. offensively, Minnesota, especially without Beverly, has been a mess. And whether or not you agree with Westbrook that Beverly runs around out there, I think he's a good defensive player. 
and he's the best defensive player this team has. So I think that with him potentially being out, that's going to hurt the defense even more. I don't mind San Antonio money line. I think San Antonio is alive to win this game. They they they're hot. Well, they've yeah. been playing. They've been playing well. I I think that it's just the fact that everybody's bought in to Pop's system and just doing what it takes to win games, which makes it very hard to kind of predict them because they're really, honestly, truly not that good and devoid of talent, upper-level talent, let me say. They find a way. They find a way, and they continuously find a way. And while they may not 100% win this game, I don't think I'm willing to lay the points with my Timberwolves right now. I just don't see the – I don't see the purpose. You know, this is their second to last game of the season. They have a game against the Bulls next. They're pretty much locked. They're locked into where they're going to be, and they're just prepping for that playing game, which is going to come very, very fast. And so that's ultimately what I think that the loss to the Wizards was. You're not looking at the Wizards at all. You didn't really give a defensive effort because the Wizards put up 132 and you've given up 130 for three games in a row. You're just not putting in a defensive effort. And for a Spurs team that just finds a way to score the basketball, I I can see a better chance that they cover this game. So I'll go ahead and back the Spurs as well. I'm also leaning to the over. I know it's a high total, but when these teams combine for 288 with a no overtime last meeting and Towns gives you a 60-piece, I can't take an under. I, I, I can't do it. Minnesota's games have been track meets for the last week and a half. So I got to go with the over. I mean, San Antonio just doesn't know how to play defense. Neither does all. Minnesota. But Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. And both Minnesota. teams are top four in pace. Yeah. I just don't think Minnesota cares, though. I, I truly don't think they care at this point. But yeah. San Antonio literally is just devoid of being able to play defense. My YouTube play of the, of the day was Spurs team total over. 115 and a half. It just seems too low to me. Yeah. Minnesota has been averaging about 118 in their last five games or so. Even without DeJounte, they have found a way to actually produce offensively. But I'm expecting Beverly not to play. Minnesota has given up 125 plus in each of the last five. That's good enough for me. You're, you're giving up 125 in each of your last five. And you're going to give me an opponent team total of 115 and a half. I'm going to take it. Yeah. I like it. I'm good. All right. On to the next game, which is going to be very fun to handicap. The Memphis Grizzlies travel to the Mile House City to play the Denver Nuggets. Minus five and a half on the total 230. I mean, minus five and a half for Denver, 233 on the total. I know we're, we're going to be on the same page for this game. I already know it. For the injury report, we have Jeff Green, who is questionable. And basically, everybody else is who we all know. For the Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, but for the Memphis Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks questionable with that hip injury. Tilly is out. Terry is out. Morant is out. Why stop a good thing? I mean, why do we? Why stop a good thing? <laughs> it doesn't. Laying points with Denver at home hasn't gone well. 
and taking points with Memphis without John Morant, even without Dylan Brooks, has gone very well. So let's just take the points here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean. Yeah. I mean, Denver got killed at home against San Antonio. Denver's not very good. There's really multiple ways you can look at this, but they've had a couple of games. I can't even say they really needed to have because Minnesota's falling apart behind them. They could still technically pass Utah. Yeah. Defensively, they no-showed against Minnesota. And then they responded to that by getting blown out at home by San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I don't like how Denver's played. Jokic has gone for basically 35 in each of the last five, ten games, whatever, and they're still losing. So I'm not taking them to win. I'm going to be annoyed at Memphis for losing in overtime against Utah with a healthy roster while they had basically nobody. Of course not. I'm going to take Memphis. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is a situation where you just sit everybody's either because this is a spot where Taylor Jenkins can really work through some rotational stuff mm-hmm. and really see how his players can play when he sits John Morant and possibly Dylan Brooks and see how those rotate, how that rotation plays and what things he can really set for for a potential first round matchup. So I think that this is kind of a little bit of experiment experiment for them, but I mean, Memphis is really good, man. I don't think Denver's very good. good. And it's not uh, even a hot take. We've agreed on this for a couple of weeks, if not months, but it's not their fault. I mean, they're missing, they're missing Robin and Alfred. I don't know what they're supposed to do. You know, you got Jokic there by himself, but it's just a spot where they're just not very talented. I mean, they're bad. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Oh, man. They definitely need Robin and Alfred back 100%. Bones is doing doing very well for them. Yeah, and Gorn's actually and been pretty think, good the last couple weeks. Yes, I think that if Robert and Alfred were there, Denver actually would be a pretty – like they would be – it would be a dark horse. They would very much be a dark horse. If I even don't trust if they're them a dark defensively, horse at that point. but they, they would be a dark horse. I could see them as a four seed potentially giving uh, a team a run for their money. But, yeah, I, I still don't think the foundational core is good enough to win a title when fully healthy. But they would be a lot better, obviously, if Murray or Porter was supposed to come back. I know Porter's basically done – for the year. Murray, there were some rumblings about. I don't believe any of those have escalated. I don't know if he had a setback mm-hmm. or not, but I haven't really heard anything optimistic since, besides a, a month ago or so. So I'm curious what mm-hmm. his status is moving forward. I doubt he's going to come back at any point. But yeah, just Denver at this point's not very good. And sorry, not sorry. Yeah. All right. Last game of slate. We have the Los Angeles losers, I mean Lakers, playing the Golden State Warriors, where Golden State is laying 12 and a half. Can I do a quick rant before you get through the injury report and everything? It's a quick one. Before or after we get before. out Before, just, just quickly. It's, it's not related to yeah. the injury report. You know, I'm sure a lot of people know what's going on there. But in general, the Lakers yeah, have officially been eliminated. It's one of the most disappointing seasons of all time. And yet, they found another way to be on national television. How many times does this team need to be on TV? They've been on TV maybe 15, 20 times this season. 
They are awful. Can we flex some games, please? They're not even playing for anything anymore. LeBron and AD might not play. Can we at least get some good teams on TV once in a while? Please? Is that too much to ask? Can we flex some games? That's my brief rant. Mm-hmm. So, 12 and a half on the line for the Warriors, 220, no, 221 and a half on the total. Let's go through that injury report. Otto Porter, day-to-day. Steph is not returning during the regular season. Wiseman is not going to play at all. For the Lakers, AD and Braun are both questionable. Westbrook is questionable. Kendrick Nunn is still on his couch. This is basic. This game and what happens is basically on one person to play for me. There's only one person that can flip this line for me and will change me from what side I'm going to be on. As of now, I'll just go chalk and take Golden State minus 12 and a half. I mean, I don't know why I would lay 12 and a half on Golden State, but the Lakers have been so bad. Fading Lakers has been very good. So, as of now, if Russ plays, I am instantly on Lakers plus 12 and a half. I am going to sprinkle on, Russ, on Lakers money line. Give me Russ for a triple-double. Give me every single Russ prop you can get. Because the ultimate fuck you. The ultimate fuck you. The ultimate troll job would be the game after they are eliminated from the playoffs and Russ is playing for him to absolutely go bonkers, nuclear, just straight, nasty, disgusting, and lead this team to a win against the Golden State Warriors on the road. That is the most... Nothing would actually make that a better nationally televised game than that right there. Literally nothing. So, if Russ plays, I would rather blow up an entire unit betting on all of that than to actually bet on this game. Because it just feels like if that happened, I want to be able to say that I was on the right side of calling that. Because, I've and I've said it before, it just felt like Russ wasn't even trying. At a point, he was just over – he didn't, he was over being on his team. He didn't like the fans. He didn't – I don't know what said in the locker room, if there was blame thrown Russ way or whatever. Didn't, it just felt like he was checked out of this team. He did not care. He was playing bad on purpose. Nothing, and I mean nothing, would make my night better than for Russ to go out here, go nuclear, and win this game. I would literally be in tears. Absolutely in tears. Because it's fucking hilarious. And then it would it would do nothing but give another team confidence that, oh, he really did not like the Lakers. And the Lakers probably pull off some type of trade for us at that point. It would be hilarious. That'd be fucking hilarious. I do want to ask you. Other than, about, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you since the injury report is really the only thing that matters in this game. 
because the line's going to fly so. one way or another once people are ruled out or in. Davis, I think, is done for the year. He came back briefly. They still lost without him. He's injury prone. I don't think he's going to play. I think AD is done for the year. There's no point. Westbrook is the interesting story because even despite how bad he has been, he is extremely durable. So the fact that yes. he's even on the injury report, I think is pretty telling that the Lakers might just fully punt the rest of the season. And, yeah. of course, you have LeBron. And LeBron has a team that, whether or not you think he helped design, it's awful. They're out of the playoff. Season's over. However, LeBron can still make a push technically for the scoring title. Is it realistic? No, because Embiid already passed him, and Embiid's probably going to win the scoring title anyway, even if LeBron plays. But you can make a case that LeBron, as of right now, can't even qualify, so he might try to play two games for the rest of the season to qualify. Do I think he's going to pass Embiid? No. So I think it's a lost cause anyway. But I guess the question I'm asking is, do you think LeBron's going to play to try to pursue that scoring title? I do not. I think he would have considered it, but then Embiid went for 45 against Indiana, and I think it's a done deal. So for me, I think that LeBron's not going to play, AD's not going to play, and I personally think Westbrook's not going to play, which is why I think this game should not be on TV. I think Golden State wins by murder. They need the win. They're half a game ahead of Dallas for that three spot, and Dallas owns the tiebreaker. So it's must-win territory for the Warriors because they have a game in hand with the breaker. I think the Lakers bench the main three, and I think they get absolutely buried. I think that Golden State comes out here, smacks the crap out of them. The last time they played, LeBron dropped a 50-piece and pulled off that impressive win in that really high-scoring game where, once again, LeBron went absolutely nuclear and crushed them. I think the Golden State gets revenge. They're still 30-10 and 10 at home. They have won each of the last two. Had the thrilling comeback against Utah in the fourth quarter. Had the 19-point win on the road against Sacramento. Sacramento's an awful team, but guess what? Sacramento has two less wins than the Lakers, which tells you how bad Los Angeles is. But the Lakers have lost seven in a row. Lost to Denver by 11. They lost to Phoenix by 11. They should have lost to Phoenix by about 30. They trailed by 26 with about six to go. And then the bench unit went on a massive run to cover. But this Lakers team stinks, and Golden State has all the motivation to kick this team's ass. I personally think Golden State is going to come out and just bury them. Poole might go for 30. Thompson might play well. We'll see. But either way, I have to be, I'd say, realistic about the injury report situation. And the fact that Westbrook, who's been the most durable player on the team the entire season long, is now questionable, I think he's a good barometer for the rest of the team to determine how much they actually care about this game. So I think Westbrook's not going to play. I think AD's not going to play. I personally think that LeBron's not going to play either. And if you want to throw in Malik Monk and Wayne Gabriel and Avery Bradley to potentially cover double digits, mm-hmm. good luck to you. I'm taking Golden State. Bruh, <laughs> I hate bad basketball so much. I just hate bad basketball so much. You didn't respond to my rant, but there should be a, there should be a provision in place for NBA contract or for NBA team No, deals. yeah, it should. It should. If it should. a star player – 
is not playing, then you automatically have the right to flex the game. Because this is kind of getting ridiculous, in the words of Boogie. I think it, I think by that point it's too late because you have people. Yeah, the TV in place. crew. I get it. Yeah, you have a lot. Yeah, of stuff have, in place. But yeah, you have stuff in place. Like you know, Turner Sports can't go in. Oh, an hour before the game, so and so is out, and just move everybody over to a new city. So I'm just saying the game like that, but for Golden State. But I think that the Lakers got to stop being on TV. This this is just getting out of hand. No, so they had they had plenty of time to move the move this like flex this to another game. But I think also because of timing wise, and this is the only game in this time slot. Yeah. So you know you're still playing against the clock as well. So mm-hmm. it's what we're stuck with. They possibly. Possibly could have moved Denver and Nuggets to a later time. Maybe it depends on what arena. It's a lot of other stuff to go with that goes with it. But ultimately, yeah, Lakers have been on TV way too much. Taking over, not betting Lakers under. That's the last thing I have to say. You hit everything, and I, I don't even have words because you, you just hit everything. Seems is bad. I will wait until I get Russell Westbrook news. And then I will <laughs> – I'm just going to play Russell Westbrook stuff. Like I'm not even sure LeBron's going to be in the arena. Uh, yeah. I don't know if any well, of those three uh, yeah, are going to be road, in the arena. It's a road trip. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But the fact that Westbrook, once again, has been durable the entire season, no matter how bad you think he's been playing, I think he's a good barometer. Because if he's not going to play, there's no chance in hell AD and LeBron are playing. Yeah, pretty much. Probably all drops at the same time, too. Yeah. Okay. Before we get into our lock and our dog for the evening, we're going to go talk about IP Vanish. And I'm telling you, everyone, I never go anywhere unprotected. I'm always protected at all times. I have a friend. He likes to go unprotected all the time. Not me. I am protected with IP Vanish. I like to stay truly private and secure on the internet. It helps you safely browse through internet by encrypting 100% of your data, your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, even your location. All can be stopped from getting to the wrong hands with IP Vanish offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with the 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. You can use it on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed, even your Fire Stick, computers, tablets, and phones, and it's all by the easy click of a button. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Use pro- promo code SGP to claim your 70% off savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Never enough things to gamble on in one sport that's 365 days a year is horse racing. And now, best way to play the ponies is through a DFS app, Stable Duel, where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can build your stable and play against others to move up the leaderboard and win as much as $40,000 with one entry. If you don't know anything about horses, don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. You can play against us in our stables, play against your friends. Download it now at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free weekly games at tracks all over the United States. So download the app now at StableDuel.com. Play, race, and win. We'll see you in the winner circle. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Masters Week is here, and if you haven't used the PropSwap app, go to the green 
and then you are missing out. PropSwap is the only app that allows you to pick your favorite golfers, then sell your bets whenever you want. Many prop swappers make thousands of dollars just by buying and selling golfers all tournament long. This allows you to win over and over without your golfer ever touching the green jacket. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app. They have fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and all the red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. It's time for our lock and dog. Scott, what are you doing here on this seven-game slate? So I thought about going with a total because it seems like we like a decent amount of overs tonight. Thought about the Celtics, you know, thought about the Spurs because, of course, there are two dogs I do like a lot on this card, not to mention Memphis as well. But I'm going to go with my gut, and because it might be the last time the Lakers are on TV this year, I'm going to do it. I'm taking Golden State. Okay. because I don't think anyone on the Lakers is going to play. There's no reason for it. The fact that Westbrook got added just tells me all I need to know. Golden State needs this win extremely badly because they really, really needed the three seed. There's a chance they could fall to the five. Like They're not even guaranteed a home court advantage in a playoff series. So Golden State, I think, is going to bring it, especially after losing to LeBron's 50, what was it, 56-point masterpiece last time around. They'll be motivated. Golden State at home could really win by 30. It would not surprise me. But assuming all three don't play, who do you got? You got Malik Monk taking 25 shots? Have fun. Yeah. I'll take Golden State. <laughs> all right. Golden State. What's your dog? My dog is uh, – this is where it gets tough because I really like three dogs on today's card. Mm. Let's talk about Boston, San Antonio, Memphis. Boston, San Antonio, or Memphis. I mean, those those are the three that I'm looking into. I got to go with the, a top three team in the league right now. And I know it's a back-to-back. I know they might be arresting some guys. I don't think they're going to because they still want seating. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Boston. Six and a half is just an absolute travesty, man. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's baked in that somebody's missing, then I might fall for that. But I can't. Boston's so damn good. Six and a half's a joke. Milwaukee, as you said, hasn't beaten anybody worth a damn by margin in about a month. I'm going to go with Boston here. I think that team's just very, very good. Yeah, I'm not mad at you for it. All right. For myself, wow. I had a lot of time to figure this out, and I still haven't figured it out. Let's see here. For my lock, let's go with... I really do like Toronto. I think Philly has a little bit more to play with. Uh... Take the over with no title. Take Toronto team total over if you want to back Toronto. Yeah, or I can go Memphis just plus five and a half. It I know feels, it's it's so it's yeah, so appealing. It just feels feels like a lock. 
I will just go ahead and let's just trust Nick Nurse. Let's let's just trust Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is a really good coach. Toronto. Uh, they really don't. They really don't. But I don't know. Yeah, fuck it. All right, fuck it. I'm, I've been talking about them too much. All right, we're just gonna go with Toronto plus two. Yeah, it's at two now. I'll take Toronto plus two. That's my lot for my dog. I will go with the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, why not? Let's fade my guys. They don't have any. They don't have anything to play for. The, the Spurs need to win to get home court and the Pelicans are playing Portland. So it just feels it's more reason for them to win. Pop's doing something right with the guys. I would say that they're on a three-game win streak, but they beat Portland twice. I really don't count that too much. But coming off a really good win against Denver, and maybe that rolls over in a day. So give me San Antonio on the money line. I'll buy it. For my locks for the show, of course, I'm going with San Antonio plus seven and a half. The Raptors plus two. I can't. Wait, wait what number did you say for San Antonio? Seven and a half. Is that the best number available? I thought that you could find like some nines oh. if you shopped around. Yeah, you probably can find nines and stuff. Uh, I'm I'm just looking at what was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just saw it. I, was, yeah, I, I just sure saw it were, dip okay. down. We can we, we did it at eight earlier. We can go at eight. It's still eight around. So okay. yeah, San Antonio plus eight. That's fine. So I am not at the point where I can back Boston enough to call them a lock. So I'm not gonna do it. And I'm not really ready to walk lock Golden State because if Westbrook plays, I promise like if Westbrook plays, I just Oh, I'm, my, I'm gambling. My palms are going to be itching. I'm gambling. My palms are going to be itching. Yeah, I, I just no. don't know. Unless Westbrook really goes for that type of performance, which, truth is, I don't oh, think the front office gosh. would allow. I don't think the front office would let that happen. Oh, he's man. questionable. He hasn't been questionable the entire year. My palms are itching just thinking about Westbrook going crazy in this game just to fuck off. Like, oh, wow. Do you know, like, the how pissed off everybody would be that the arena might boo. He could go for 30 and the arena would start booing. Well, no, cause they're, they're on the road. So not. Okay. All right. I think I'm a standing of those are my two. I mean, I think golden state should win the game no matter what Westbrook yeah. could cover, but does Lakers team hands out one twenty every game? No, very much. So. All right. Those are my two loss for today. Not going to force it on the seven day slate. Actually, no three. Give me Memphis plus five and a half. Yeah. Those are three. Three dogs, three locks. Okay. Anything else for the show before we get up out of here? Uh, not really. Uh, big win yesterday for my Nets. Hopefully they carry that carries moving forward. Big game against Cleveland. Cleveland's still in free fall. The Nets can actually pass Cleveland with a win to, uh, tomorrow, which would be a huge deal for the seedings. As of right now, I'm sweating out two future bets. I got the Cavs to miss the playoffs at about 5-1. to one. And I have the Nets to miss the playoffs at about six to one. So fingers crossed, we'll see what happens. Good. All good. All right. You guys know where to find me at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. We've already spent a lot of time. I tried to lower this podcast time. I really did. Still happened. 
spend a lot of time on podcasts. So, as you all know, I have no idea how I'm going to end the show. So, I'm just going to end the show like this. We're out. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it.